You're listening to the Legacy Investor Podcast. Podcast, where we focus on real estate, business, and mindset. Our guests will share their experiences, lessons learned, and actionable advice to help you get to the next level. Now for today's show. Welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bolzano, and I am super excited to have Sterling Spellman here today. Hi, Sterling. Hi, Nick. <laughs> so Sterling's a mother of Asana and Harmony, best-selling author, entrepreneur, restaurant owner, motivational speaker, and is your biggest cheerleader, and you don't even know it yet. Oh, I love it. So Sterling and her husband, Ross, are making waves in Rhode Island. Really wanted to have uh, Sterling on the podcast to talk about all the great things she's doing. This podcast, as promised in the beginning, is part of it's gonna be focused on mindset. And this is something that I really look to Sterling to, you know, when I'm going through something or when I wanna try a new venture, I reach out to Sterling and just get, you know, a little one-on-one. She's fantastic. So we're gonna get into her coaching program and the rest of it. But we originally met back at Leadership Rhode Island, class of 2019, best class ever. So, right, I want to highlight that organization, Sterling, because I know we're trying to bully one of our our buddies into (laughs) it. Shout out, John. It's going to happen. The applications are opening in September. Let's make it happen, John. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. John, John Hope, please apply. So, incredible organization for, I didn't know uh, Sterling going into it, but your biggest takeaways from Leadership Rhode Island, we're just going to touch on this really quick because again, just had such a profound impact on me. So I would say to all the listeners, if you are in the state of Rhode Island, you need to apply to be a part of Leadership Rhode Island. Why? Because you get to meet people you probably would never meet in your entire life. Like, I don't know if Nick and I would have crossed paths, because even though Rhode Island is so small, but he lives in another part of Rhode Island mm-hmm. doing something completely different than I'm doing. And Leadership Rhode Island is so amazing because it brings people together to have real conversations. And then they have this social after you have these real conversations that really just make it so sweet for you to connect deeper with people. And that's yeah. why I love. And Nick and I, I want to say it might have been like day one or two because it's a 10-month program. It might have been like session day one or two. And Nick was my BFF after that. And I've been trying to get him to write a book since. <laughs> but I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway because at least he has a podcast and he can allow his greatness to shine and share with others. But that book is coming. I know it's coming. We're going to get and into that And the podcast book. is the start. So it's another form of media to get out to the world. But I believe Nick is just absolutely fabulous. He is a young person rocking it out. And now he's a new dad. And I just love it. I just love it. <laughs> you are the best. You can feel the energy <laughs> Sterling brings it. But for me, LRI, like, and we yeah. sat, we had this saying, and it was a backstage pass to Rhode Island. Yes. And for me, it brought things down to a very personal level. Like we had days with the folks who run this state in every yeah. different sector, whether it's the government, criminal justice, education. We had real conversations with these folks. My biggest takeaway is if you had just a small committed group of individuals can really push change in this state. And like, yes. and that is not sugarcoated. Like, not at all. Like looking behind the scenes at what folks have been able to do that you don't even know about, you know, that's just like different missions or programs that folks are pushing that then get enacted. It's incredible. And LRI is the first step to connecting all those pieces and getting that small group. Yes. And you know what's really beautiful, Nick, that I love? I think I said this in my speech because they voted me class speaker, right? But I talked about the secret society of they. Oftentimes when it comes to change happening, we always think there's like this secret society of they. They should be doing that. And why aren't they doing that? You are a part of the they, okay? So there's no outside force that is happening. Yes, we know on a grand scheme of things, there's, you know, the powers that be, but I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the change that you can make happen. And when you connect with other individuals who are wanting to learn and are able and can connect together for that common thread Mm -hmm. of just making our state a little bit better, making it easier for our kids growing up. All the time I think about it's like, listen, we're going to be gone, but our kids are here and they're going to have to live with what we left for them. And, you know, hence legacy podcast, which I love. But like, what legacy are you leaving? Legacy is not for other people to leave. It's not for the secret society of day. It's for you to leave too. So Leadership Rhode Island is, I have some of the, are my best friends. Some of my, you know, partnerships that I've created currently are from Leadership Rhode Island. We are truly a family connecting together for the betterment of Rhode Island. And the plus is you get to get friends. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Yep. Just 
to put a bow on that, yes. how do folks, Leadership Rhode Island org or com, yes. have to put that in the show yes. notes. But. Yeah, leadershiprhodeisland.org and apply. They even have a college leadership program. So if you're a younger person, I think it's 18 to 24, you can apply for that program, which is a good segue into the co program and also just a great stepping stone for you. Because guess what? When you meet and connect with people, that's opportunities for you to get jobs, contracts, all type of different stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be authentic. I'm going to dive yeah. into some questions here with yes. Sterling. And to be honest, your background, I know we went over it briefly a little while ago, but I'd love for you to touch on it a bit. Where you grew up, how you get into entrepreneurship, et cetera. We'll dive in from there. So I grew up, I'm born and raised Providence, Rhode Island. I am a PVD girl to the heart. And my parents, I am a child. So listen to this. I am the child of immigrants to this country from Liberia, West Africa. But I'm the youngest of 15. <laughs> and my father was 50 when he made me. My mother was 38 or 39 when they made me. Wow. Yeah. And so I grew up with a lot of people in the family. Our house was like the home where people, when they came to America, hmm. our house was the stopping place for them to kind of get on their feet. So when I tell you I love people, I had no choice. It's Amazing part of how that. I grew up. I grew up with different people, you know, coming in and out the house. And it's a beautiful thing. My parents also fostered kids. So though they had 15 children. In addition to the 15. In addition to the 15. So um, had seven biological children that they, you know, gave birth to, but came to America with eight different wow. kids that were either, and most of them are connected to the family. Back home in Liberia, there's no documentation. You have to go through an adoption process. You can't take care of your kid or you're going through a rough time and someone else can take care of your kid. That's how that happened. They took care of your kid. Wow. So that's how I grew up. And when my parents came here, they fostered other kids. And some of those kids are still, you know, a part of our life and we know how they're doing. And it's great. So I grew up in that environment. My my father is an educator at heart. And it's funny because most of my siblings are educators. And I really think it's from our dad because when from young, you're learning how to read, write, and everything before you even get to school. And he kind of fostered that love for learning with us. And so I am an educator at heart and yeah. I never wanted to be a teacher. Mm. Never wanted to be a teacher, but I always was a leader in that way and wanted to share information with others. I had that like burning desire, like, you need to know this. Yeah. Are you need to still to this day, right? And so I went to Lincoln School for Girls here on the east side. I was like the only little chocolate chip in the class. There was like three of us. <laughs> if y'all know what I mean, I was the only little chocolate chip. <laughs> uh. Um and I remember my dad saying to me, because it was hard at first, I'll tell you a really mm. quick conversation that I had the first week of school. There was a young lady and she said, oh my goodness, I want to feel your skin. And I'm like, girl, what you talking about? Why you want to feel? Okay, go ahead. And she says, oh my goodness, I never met a black person before. And I'm like, girl, where, where you live at? Can I tell you? Yeah. They're going to laugh. Can I tell you where she said she lived at? Dang. So I was like, girl, are you for yeah. real? But one thing my father told me, he said, listen, that's her real experience. Mm. Especially if someone's not rooted and really curious. And I learned like throughout life, I think this has carried me, that be open and honest and share. Mm. Some people really do want to learn. Yeah. And so, yes, that wasn't always the case at my school. But one of the things that I will say is my father told me, you are in a space. You are there to make an impact. And so my motto in life is, we are all on this earth to make an impact, to make a mark. Wow. What a right? role model. Oh, yes. Yeah, so he's a great man. You, we got to get my dad on the podcast. Wow, I guess. Sign <laughs> um, him up, episode 10. Right? Um, but one of the things he said, yeah. so my model that I live by, and then I'll have you ask questions because you know I'll talk all day. <laughs> but my model that I live by is we all are going to leave a mark on this earth. And it's up to you to decide if that's going to be a blemish or a beauty mark. And so my goal through every aspect of work that I do, connection with people, is that I'm leaving a beauty mark that based on our conversation, based on us meeting in the supermarket, and Russ will tell you, people oftentimes leave in tears in the supermarket because we have this deep connection. And it's like, wow, this was just like a walk in the supermarket. But I really believe like that's why I was put on this earth, that whoever I connect with, that you leave better because you connected with me. That's wonderful. So, yes. So you weren't homeschooled, so but you do homeschool your daughter. So yeah. coming from a family of educators, do you feel like you have a leg up on that? Is that a reason you went that path? Oh. <laughs> share as much as you want to share. Yes. But. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. As an educator who's worked in both the private and public sector, mm -hmm. I feel like education has not changed much. If you look at 40 years ago, 60 years, 100 years ago, not much has changed. Yep. 
And I feel like many places don't teach children how to think. And, you know, forgive my educators. I know we're doing our best because I was one of them. I taught for four years in public and then four years in private. So we're doing our best. Many of us have the right intentions and everything. But the overall system is I need to teach you how to do this. So you could go in and be a worker. Go and get a job and continue our perpetuate the system yes. that doesn't really yes. serve all of us. It serves some. So from very early on, and Russ and I used to have this argument because remember, I grew up with a father as an educator. I have master's degree in education. So I'm like, Russ, our kids are gonna go to college and they're gonna do this and that. And he's like, um, no. Russ on the other hand is like, he's into the trades. He Always knew he wanted to own a restaurant and went to culinary school for a little bit. But same thing about not allowing you to think in school. They wanted him to go this way. He's like, but I'm a creative cook and chef. And they done to his growth or were trying to. And he said, well, I'm out of here and went on to automotive school and learned how to work on cars and then learn audio, visual, all that stuff. And the love for food always, it came back to him. But he was like, well, they don't have to go to school. I'm like, this is blasphemy. Are you serious? (laughs) They have to go to school. I'm like, my father will skin me alive. They came to this country for us to have a better education, blah, 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 blah. And I'm saying my kids can't go to school. So I was very much like, no, they're going to school. Interesting. But after having my child, the first one, Hassana, and seeing how Russ did such a good job teaching her how to think. I can't even take credit for all of that. Her natural ability for understanding things on a deeper level. Mm. One year in school and I saw how that broke her. Like, she's too clever. Like, why is she asking too many questions? And for the parents who your children drive you crazy and are asking questions all the time, it's a sign of intelligence. It really is. Well, I just want to pause on that because yeah. <laughs> I share a lot of the same sentiment that, you know, school is setting you up for a job. And I feel like, especially financial education, it is non-existent. Yeah. Non-existent, right? yeah. Right. To start a business, et cetera. Is there an example that you can think of when she came home and you were like, wait. Yeah. Oh, right. this many. All right. Hence why we hope yeah, 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 yeah. But just one example. So I don't remember exactly what they were talking about. But Hassan was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like how I opened up my own bank account. I have been saving money. I told my parents. And the teacher was like, you don't have your own bank account. This is what the teacher said to her. And she's like, but I really do. And like, I have the video. I can have my parents send you the video. Oh, no. Or she'll be like, I have my own restaurant. We're opening up our own restaurant. And yes, it's my not my parents. It's my restaurant, too. And so all these little things she would say, first of all, the kids thought like, okay, yeah, kids can't have that. And that's normal for a kid to think that because it's not normal for kids sure. to have those things. Sure. But for the teacher to tell her, no, you're wrong and that's not yours, it's probably in your parents and make her feel like she's crazy. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The better way, if I was a teacher in that teacher's shoes, I would have been like, tell us a little more about it, right? That's an awesome opportunity to teach the other kids, right? Yeah. But for this teacher, it was like no way possible that she could have. And so just little things like that can really plant seed of doubt in the child Mm. who is doing these things or make her feel like ostracized. Like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that. And I remember, and the reason why I really urged to pull her out is I remember a similar situation happening to me when I was in the first grade. I was in public school. Asana, the school I'm talking about, Asana was at a private school. But I was in public school and my father at home taught us how to do our times table before we even went to school, right? So we're doing times table. I'm like, oh yeah, I know it. And the teacher's like, you're not supposed to know that. Your father's putting too much pressure on you. And I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to this day, I should have said I hate math because I like to count my money. But... But I would say I really kind of had like this idea that maybe he is putting too much pressure on me. Maybe Mm. I don't need to know this because my teacher said this. And what we don't understand, a lot of parents don't understand, like what the teacher says is really gold to your child. And so it's important that we are blessed that we have the opportunity to homeschool. But not everybody has that opportunity. And, you know, I'm very understanding of that. And I get it. But be really involved and have conversations with your kids because sometimes... A certain mindset is being drilled into your kid's head, and you may not even be aware about it Mm. because the teacher's coming with their own thing in a closed classroom, (laughs) sharing their ways with the kids. And they, right, have gone through the system of schooling, right, to get the job, right, to be the teacher. And again, love our teachers. Yes, absolutely. But that's what they know, right? That's what they know. That's incredible. And as a new parent, I'm glad you shared all that because it's definitely something I'll be thinking about. And remember your children, because I'm sure you're going to have more children, but every child is different and really pay attention and hone in on the things that they are wanting to do. Like Hasana is an entrepreneur at heart. Of course, she's seen us do it, right?
right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I love about her, so Hassan is a published author. Make sure you go on Amazon and get my baby's journal. She is, you know, making other books now. But we had an event at the restaurant and there was, there was a group of women. And she's like, mommy, I need to go downstairs and get my books so I can sell it. I'm like, okay, kind of like shushing her because I'm like busy. And she's like, no, mom, like this is a great opportunity. There's people here and then the holidays are coming up. And she's telling me all this stuff. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, Russ, give her the key to go to the store and she get the book. Hassana comes up. She's like, I have an announcement. I have these journals to sell and it would be so great if you can buy some to give out for Christmas as a stocking stuffer. She said, no oh. prompting. I did not sell this child any of this. Can you remind folks how old she is? She, she was seven at the time. Oh. She's now eight. Incredible. But she was seven at the time. And when I tell you Hassan had sold $300 worth of her journals, and she said, Mom, we sell it online for six, but what can we sell it because we don't have change? And so she sold four books for $20. And what's beautiful, we have a back to the homeschooler thing, and then mm -hmm. we'll jump on another topic. Yep. Yep. But what's really cool is she's able to advocate for herself. And that's more important than anything she can learn. Because with the world of AI and everything, these kids ain't learning much. Mm. I'm just, that's a whole nother conversation. But we had a teacher come in to the restaurant, and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. So he's like, Why aren't you in school? And you should be in school. And he says to her, You know, what about socialization? And so mm. she goes, Mom, so she asks him, What does that mean and so i was gonna answer that so no he answered for her and she goes oh the world is my classroom and this old man <laughs> this man said wait what he said okay you know what let me teach you wow yes. so they're listening because i've had that conversation with other people when yes. they say it. so she said, oh, the world is my classroom i get to interact with people like you and all and she starts telling him so he said okay i have a tip for you whenever you give people back change make sure you give them dollars that they're able to tip you she has not forgotten that lesson yeah. and so that carried over into the event we're having and she's like you know what I don't have dollars to give people so how about I just make it so they can give me the full amount boom they're learning unbelievable all the like sponges so, no, it's phenomenal. like when I beat myself up about oh my goodness I'm not doing homeschooling the way homeschooling is supposed to be because right. really I'm unschooling that's what I'm really doing but when I beat myself up about that that yeah. whole mom guilt that oh they don't have the perfect whatever sure. I'm like she's learning all the time yeah. just via what we're doing that's incredible so that's actually a great segue that I want to go into next and that's yes. mindset and I brought up at the beginning is that a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this podcast a lot of folks have self-doubt mm. a lot of folks go out on their own to start their own business against odds and whatever else what are the challenges they're facing cut the shit is <laughs> yes. a, a best-selling book yeah uh, it's an acronym 33 ways to stop having insignificant thoughts did I get yes. that right yeah dig into that book a little bit what made you write that is that a basis of your consulting and coaching. Yes. So the reason why I wrote that book is because I feel like in the entrepreneurial world, when you are stepping out there on your own, oftentimes we don't talk about the true key to success. We talk about, you know, all these different things that you need to do. You know, you need to learn the financial part. You need to learn this part, which are all things you need to know. But you need to know yourself. Self-awareness is your key to your success. You are the secret sauce. You are what is going to make or break your business. I don't care how much money you have to pay other people to do stuff, even just as a leader. I don't care how much money you have to pay other people. Wherever you go, there you are. So you are the secret sauce. You are the most important thing. And you have to be in awareness of who you are. You have to know the things you like. You have to know the things that you don't like. You have to know what triggers you, what makes gets you excited. You have to know what traumas do I need to heal from? Because we all need to heal from some stuff that we experience, whether it's from home, from school. And I'm not talking about, I know sometimes when people hear trauma, they think like abuse or something, mm. but just like one experience that you could have had where someone told you you couldn't do something sure. that trauma kind of lives in your head right and now when you go to do that business deal or you're trying to <laughs> try to do the sale you're like oh my god i'm the worst person because remember that time that teacher told me i couldn't do xyz or remember that time when my mom said i wasn't and now all of this is playing in your head yeah. and oftentimes it can be thing that takes us out of the game mm. and so i was like what can i share with people and i think in acronyms anyway i look back at some of my high school papers and i was writing in acronyms back then <laughs> it's, it's hilarious best way to remember things yeah best way yeah, to remember things and my family laughs at me all the time they're like the acronym queen i'm always yeah. have something but that's how things like sit for me and sure. stick right and so i was thinking about you know there's so much like bullshit running in our head and we can be our worst enemy sometimes how can i get people to like just cut the shit out like cut it out yeah. and i was like oh okay. <laughs> That's the yes. And I wrote this literally while breastfeeding my baby, the first child, being up all hours of the night mm. and just being like, okay, how can I get this message in me outside of my brain to others? Yeah. And so I came up with cut the shit and shit stands for stop having 
insignificant thoughts, okay? Some things that we think about that take us out of the game are those things that are really insignificant, but that we make so big. So like, for instance, oh my goodness, why in the world would I write a book? No one's going to listen to me. Who's going to want to read it? I know I told myself that. I'm pretty sure when you were starting this podcast, you're like, who's going to listen to Nick? (laughs) Like, who's going to listen to me? Right? And you start, before you can even begin the process, you start talking yourself out of of this. Or I know there's a lot of people in real estate here like, why would I go buy this thing? The market is whatever the market is because we know, right? Mm -hmm. The market is whatever the market is. Why would I do this? Maybe it's going to fail. Maybe nobody's going to buy it. Maybe I'm going to get under... You start talking yourself out of things. And at the end of the day, if we just push forward and do things, take the action in, listen, imperfect action, you're getting yourself closer to your goal. But the insignificant thoughts are the things that stop you from getting to your goal. And oftentimes when you think about it, you're like, that is not even true. It's made up. It's not freaking true. I just made up in my head. Even if someone told you that, it doesn't mean it has to be true for you. Things are always working in your favor. As much as you might have been told a no, you might have like, that's a whole nother podcast we're going to have to do. Like the nose. Yeah. I saw a guy on Instagram and he said, what if you knew that after the 99th no, you were going to get the biggest yes of your life? How fast would you get through that 99 no's? Right. You will be running every single day to get through that 99. 100%. Because you know, right? So you have to believe in yourself and do the work on yourself to get to that place that no matter what obstacle comes in your way, that you're believing that I'm getting to that 100th yes of whatever it is for me. And so that's what I wanted people to do. And I wrote it in Bite Sizable. I was 33 at the time, so I said, let me do 33. Oh, yeah, oh, I was, no, that's what the 33 cool. came. Cool. So I was 33. Yeah. I was like, what lessons have I learned over time that I can share with other people that helped me to cut the shit and polish my mindset. Polish is a play on, I'm sterling, right? And one of my, a lady I met at a conference, she said to me, we were trying to figure out like, what would the name of my business be? I've been been through so many different iterations. But she was like, sterling, you should be called the polisher. Because she's like, I literally just met you and I feel like you just uncovered so much for me. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. What a gift. Right? And so I said, I'm the polisher. I help you polish your mindset. But here's the beautiful thing that I want you to understand. Yes is about me helping you to, you know, uncover. But guess what? Your greatness is always there. If you look at a piece of silver, right? It gets tarnished because of the environment, whatever the case may be. But when you polish that sucker, that shine is there. The the essence has always been there. It's just through life and whatever that's happened to us, it gets tarnished. And now we feel like we're not our best and we can't show up. And those insignificant things overpower who we are and how we show up. So that's the whole idea of the Cut the Shit book. So some of the things I talk about like is... Yeah, you want to give us like three, yeah, maybe three, three examples? Yeah, three things, yeah. So one of the things I say is evict the bee in your head, the bitch in your head. So what does that mean? We are our own worst enemy sometimes. The things that we say to ourselves, if someone else said it to us, hey, we'll be like, you see the African come out of me, I say, <laughs> If we had said, if someone else said what we say to ourselves, we'll be in a physical fight. We'll be in a fist fight. Because you're like, how dare you say that to me? But we say it to ourselves all the mm. time. In the where we're going to bed, we're like, oh my God, you were the worst. You didn't do this. You didn't mm. do that. You know that. So you got to change your language. The minute that thought comes to you, replace it with something else. Right? So I don't even say things like, I'm very mindful of saying things like, F my life. Like you hear people say, oh, F my life. Yeah. No, don't curse yourself like that. No. Do you realize the power of words in what you're saying to yourself? So no, don't say words like that. So when when the thought comes, just say no. Still, you the bombs.com. Like, do you realize who you are? Do you know how many people appreciate how you show up in the world? So Right? Okay. You see? I know. I know. So you have to talk to yourself like that. For instance, I know Nick just redid his whole basement and it looked amazing, right? <laughs> Nick, I hope you are saying every day to yourself, I am badass at what I do, right? And I can do this in my sleep. Because there's going to be days where you're not feeling your best. So you have to evict the bee in your head. And then in the book, what I do, I have a reflection question to ask yourself. Because yes, you have to speak to yourself. You have to talk to yourself. You have to question yourself, right? I have that. And then I have an affirmation you say to affirm yourself. Words have power. I don't care what people say. Words have power. And there are spells over your life and over your children. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your spouse. Speak life over yourself. Mm. So to affirm whatever it is. Let me see another one. Yes. Invest in yourself. I can't tell you this more than, I don't know, 
you have to invest in yourself. What does investing in yourself look like? Listen to podcasts. Listen to this podcast <laughs> on repeat, okay? No, seriously. Like, what are you listening to? If you are listening to the news all day long and they're talking about we're in a recession and the virus is coming back and all these things, your focus is going to be on all the bad things that are happening in the world. I do not watch the news. I am on social media. Same. And sometimes those things pop up and then it sends me into a frenzy. And it's not that I'm a weak person because someone said, well, maybe you can't handle that. I'm like, no, we're human. And and hearing what, what comes into our eyes and our ears and what we feel are very powerful to how we exist. So investing in yourself looks like what are you listening to? What are you eating? Mm. What are you eating? And that's something that's been very hard for me that I'm working on because oftentimes I'll go a whole day and don't eat. And then I'm like, oh, at the end of the night, now I'm scrapping like, to eat. Why am I starving? It's, why yeah. am I starving? <laughs> and then if you know anything about some people's bodies, then my body is now holding on to fat and everything because it's like, oh, what am I going to eat again? Yep. And then that causes weight gain. Yep. So all of that matters. Like, what are you putting in your body? What are you listening to? Where are you attending? What spaces are you at? Let me tell you, I love a conference. I love a networking event because I meet people that I will most likely never meet. And I want to get this to all of our listeners, right? I don't care if the person is from Asia, Italy, Africa, East Providence, Barrington, you better be connected with everyone because at the end of the day, those are labels that they put on us. At the end of the day, we have a human connection and we are supposed to help each other. So me, I have friends from all walks of life. I attend places from different walks of life because I'm always learning. That allows me to learn and that allows me to be able to support. I'm a connector. Mm. So if I'm here, I'm like, oh my goodness, I met somebody over here that needs this. And then that way I can pull people together. So that's how I invested myself. I'm always in a course. Like I did the Leadership with Island. I did Goldman Sachs, um, SCG. I go to these places so I can learn and be able to connect and to grow. Yeah. You have to invest in yourself. That's continuous learning. They push in schools. You know, go to college. You go to this. They go, yes, do those things if that's what is for your lane or path mm. that you're going. But you should always be continuously learning. Yeah, that's interesting. I think so. a lot of folks growing up were taught to believe that, you know, no question. There's no limit on how much they would spend on school, right? Yes, exactly. And, but when it comes to, say, a $1,500 coaching program, so, that's going to like a personalized, like... 101. 101 going to get yeah. you to the next... Oh, no. like I, I, know, can't, do I that. can't do that. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. person's trying to get over you. I'm like, no. That person has information, strategy, knowledge, or whatever. That 100%. can cut your learning curve in less... More than half, right? 100%. So, yeah, I want you to think about that because this programs I've been a part of, that's been 25000 yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Because the information that's been curated for me is going to be a game changer. So you can't put a limit on you, right? And that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And oftentimes what you need to get there is it's right there, but you have to pay for it. And, you know, one of the things, like, even in my coaching practice, like, I used to do free consultations and things like that. I stopped doing that because people don't value free. And the thing is, I will literally do this for free because it's what I love to yeah, do. Well, yeah, I, yeah. And before, it, it, it took mindset shift, right? Shifting, you know, like. But I was like, I would do this for free in my sleep 24-7 all the time because I truly believe that what I have can help you transform your life, right? But I know that with some people, if they don't spend money on something, there's no value for it. Right. So even for consultations, yes, I charge for consultations. Why? Because you're not going to waste my time and you're not going to waste your time. You're not going to waste your own time, right? Exactly. If it's free, you're going to be half listening yes. on your phone. Oh, I got to reschedule. I got to do... If yeah, you no. put hard money, if you put cold, you know, put dollars down, yes. you're going to do it. Right? You're going to do it. And here's the thing. You have to understand, and this is for my people who are in sales or you're selling something, whatever it is, you have a business. I want you to understand that there is a energy exchange because money really is paper, right? <laughs> paper. But there's an energy exchange, right? So if you are doing something, yes, people should pay for it. If you are adding value, people should pay for it. Absolutely. Yes. And so that that's some of the mindset stuff that I had to get over like in the beginning as a business owner. Yeah. Because when folks like, oh, you know, maybe they don't have it. And then maybe this and maybe. No. When I look back, I was like, oh, because I'm not valuing myself. Yeah. I'm not valuing myself. So this is why I'm not even willing to charge people for what it is. So you have to value your time, energy, everything. Absolutely. And have an exchange for it. And people will honor that. And the right people will come to you. Your vibe attracts your tribe. So don't be worried. If you feel like people aren't going to pay vibe for it. Vibe attracts your, your tribe. Let's your go. vibe will attract your tribe. And I'll get back to my to, to the, the third, last of the third, third one. Yes. All right. I'm, no, I got it. I'll you got it. Good, good. Keep okay. us on track. Little ADD sending <laughs> 
all good. I love it. Um, no, one of the things, especially we're in the world of social media, everybody's on social media. Even websites. If you're not on social, we might have a website or something. Show up as you. Because the worst thing that can... That? So, I mean, like, really, like, if... Like, the way I am with Russell and the kids or in the restaurant when the yep. team gets to know me is the way you go see me online. And why do I say that? Because the worst experience I've ever had was this... I was following this lady online. I was like, oh, I love her. She's so cool. When I met her in person, it was completely different person. She's a dud. She was mean-spirited. She didn't like people. I was like... She having a bad day, but it was like a weekend conference. So for the three days, she was a complete hot mess. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so you've been faking the funk online this whole time. And I've been it was so disappointing. Yeah. Right. And I know sometimes they tell us we have to be so put together online for people to like us. But I'm gonna tell you something. The people who are supposed to like you or do business with you are gonna do it because of you. Because remember now, there's tons of water bottles in the store. People go based off of the brand. You are the brand. It's about being authentic. Authentic. And people do business with they know, like, and trust, right? Yeah. With people that they know, like, and trust. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think about if I was in Leadership Rhode Island faking the funk, I would probably would have never connected Definitely. with Nick or the people that <clears> I did because they would have been like, uh, when I saw Stella at that other party, she was acting a damn fool, <laughs> right? Or if I saw this and I was just myself, I was just myself. And you know what? If you have parents like I do who are very, like, old school like oh you gotta be you know tip top shape you will be stuck in almost like a, a mental prison and here's what i mean so like you see i have my hair shaved when i was in leadership when i remember i shaved my hair and i had purple it was yes. all type of stuff and my mother's like you are in this professional network why did you? she said this is like professional suicide why would you do that i'm like mommy because guess what when they see me after here my hair gonna be cut in purple so if i'm not doing that if, <laughs> if i am showing up in a different way there and they meet me i'm gonna be a fraud yeah. People are going to love me for who I am. And so then when I was chosen for speaker, she was like, oh, I guess. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, mommy, people love me for who I am. And it's less work. It's like so much. It's like a lift mm. off your shoulders to just show up as you. Mm. You know what I mean? And this is in no matter what field you are. Like I have this lady that I follow who's a lawyer. And this lady is like bald head. She wears her mini skirt. She's cute. And she's always bopping and going. And she said, when I step into that courtroom, all heads turn. And they're like, what's going on? But she said, this is who I am. I will be a fraud for me to show up, button up in some other way. So to go to number three, and I'm trying to find which one connects so uh, connects to that, but just be who you are. And you may not know who that is yet, but do the work to really find out what feels good to you. What does it feel good to you? And you can always, listen, you can change. I'm not telling you that if you're this way, you have to stay that way. You can change. It's okay. But the important thing is, is know what feels good to you and what does it feel good. That's the most important thing for life. I need you to just be you because there's no, you are an unrepeated miracle. Lisa Nichols says this, you are a unrepeated miracle. There is no one like you. I have two sets of twin nieces. And even though they're twins, you can see their unique personality. Sure. And so even with the same DNA, they're still different. And there's value in different. We don't want to be walking around like a bunch of Bopsy twins. No, just be yourself. And the people who are supposed to like you, everybody, go, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I know that. I know for some people, I might be a little bit loud. I might be too lovey-dovey. I'm very affectionate and lovey-dovey. Some people don't like that. And I'm okay with that. You know, over time, I've gotten to be okay with that. Yeah. And you, you'll get to be okay with it. Just be yourself. Dang. <laughs> Woo. So if you want to hear the other 30, yes. where can they get the book? So www.cuttheshitbook.com. Dang. And I'll make sure um, Nick puts he'll put it in the show notes for you. Absolutely. Look at it. But yes. So speaking of the book, and I know, and I mentioned that we want to touch on this, writing a book. Yeah. Like the physical, like sitting down, writing it, and the thought process. It's a conversation we've had a couple of times. Yes, yes. Because I've been having a lot of insignificant <laughs> thoughts about, yes. you know, and I've had others, right? Yeah. Multiple folks reach out to me and say, look, like you need to, right? Because I tell them about my experiences and some yeah. of the things that I've done. You need to put this into a book. I think it'd be valuable for early investors or, yeah. early, you know, homeowners. So talk through some of the tips and tricks that you use to write your first, what that process is like. So I will say this. It definitely is an insignificant thought because when we think about books, right? We've been seeing books for generations and it wasn't really available to everyone to do it, right? Because we didn't know how. But I'll tell you this. Reframe how you think a book is supposed to even look, right? So like in my book, 
I have very short, because I know everybody's attention span, especially mine, is very short, right? So I had short, quick things that I can let people know, and then I had action items at the end. I think for your type of book, it could be something very similar. Mm. So it doesn't have to be long, drawn out, whatever. Short, implementable, people could take advantage of it. Move on to the next, Beautiful right? point, right? You think yes. of a book, you think hundreds, of, pa- hundreds of pages. <laughs> and you're like, who's writing that? Book? Who's doing that, right? right? The other thing, Wonderful. if you are trying, some people want to write a novel. Some people want to write, you know, Harry Potter type stuff, right? The other thing you could do is speak your book. Every application these days, whether it's your cell phone or your computer, and this is what Hassana tells me. She's like, Mom, you're making me write, and literally I can press the voice command. <laughs> I was like, it's too smart for you, okay. But literally everything has a voice button that you can do. If you go to Google Docs and you go to Tools, there's a voice button right there. And you can literally speak your book. Mm. You can literally speak. And that's what I did. I have a Google Notes. Was it Notes that you should Yeah, have? Google yeah. Notes yeah. app on my phone. And I will be driving and get a download about something. And I will park and press the button and just speak it. I'm not editing myself. A lot of times, and you probably learned this in school, when you write, do not self-edit. Because you're, you're taking out the core and the essence of what you're trying to say. Because you're trying to self-edit. And I find with writing, a lot of times we do that. The it's brain so is true. just doing it. Especially because you're like, oh no, that doesn't have a period. That doesn't yeah. have this. Nope. So just don't self-edit. Just talk and say your message. And then you edit after. And so it might feel like gibberish to you or this doesn't make sense. But that's what an editor is for. I worked with a hybrid company. So that means that they help edit your book, the formatting, everything. But you still get the publishing rights. And they published. So what they did, they published on Amazon, Barnes and & Nobles, and a couple of other sites for me. And I paid them, I think. It might be a little bit more now. But I think it was like thirty-five dollars to $5,000 for them to do it. They did my book cover. They helped me sell up to get everything online they wow. edit it everything so, so let me get this straight yes. you gave them raw my, just yes words, yes of course paragraphs I did. the rest i mean you said like this of course i did format one, yes yes yeah three but like you weren't going through crazy no like, no no and, and then one of the things they said to me i think this will be better over here they gave me like suggestions so we went back to like three or four edits mm-hmm. And that's how they did it. And especially in the world of chat, GPT, AI, give your thoughts, give the prompts about stuff that you want, especially if you're doing a workbook. Like you can Mm. have a workbook. Like one of the things I'm working on is to have a workbook attached to my book. Nice. Right? And so it's still my ideas. It's still everything. But ChatGPT will filter it, organize it, put it in a way that's digestible for people. So it's so much easier, especially in this day, it's just so much easier to get those things published and done. And with Amazon, you can go with Hasana's journal, what we did. She went on Canva. She made the cover, did all of that, uploaded it to Amazon. Amazon prints the journals, we can order it in bulk and have it at the restaurant or people can order it directly from Amazon. So there's so many different ways. And I will say this, that some people like, you know, the Brene Browns of the world and all these, what's my other lady's name? She does the five second rule. I totally love her stuff. Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. I read that. Yeah. 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 So you have all these authors. A lot of times, yes, they might get an advance because some people are like, oh, I want a book advance. I want all of this. Seriously, this social media today, yes, you might get a book advance, but you got to pay all that money back. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many like, just think about your goal. What's your purpose? Why are you writing this book? What is it going to help me do? Is it going to be a lead magnet? Books are lead magnets for something else, right? So for me, at the time, I was growing my personal development coaching program. So that book was a lead magnet for me. And also it built credibility because to this day when people hear published author, they hear, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. This person has been down the road a little bit. So it builds credibility. It's like a ginormous business card. People know, okay, you're really, you know what you're talking about. Well put. So think about what your yeah. goal for the book is. When I think about Nick and the work he's doing, I definitely like, cause I'm trying to take that course. Hello. <laughs> I definitely think like it could be like a how-to book. One-on-one, how to build legacy investing. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, but where it gives people bite-sizable, implementable steps on how to do it. And then it could be a lead into Nick's course that he's going to have because, or his one-on-one mentoring that he's going to help someone in right. the investment process. Right. So think about for you what your goal is 
for writing your book. And this is with anything. Yeah, so who should write a book? So first of all, Russell laughs at me. Russell's my husband. He laughs. He says, still, you always tell everybody they should write a book. And I really do think everybody should write a book. Like, I'm trying to get my father. I'm like, but, you but got wait. damn near 90 years of knowledge up in their head that we need. My parents been married for January will be 60 years. Can we get some information? <laughs> like, could you share? Hello. <laughs> But wait, so I mean, I just went to school, I got a W-2 job, I've been in it for 12 years, like what do I have to write about? What you have to write about is something that you do so well that everybody comes to you for. It might be how to put on the best one-year-old birthday parties. Jill and Nick are going to be trying to find that book in like, you got eight months to write it because they're going to be trying to find that book on how to do that. I want you to understand, okay? And this is what, when people come to me and they're like, I want to do a business, but I don't know everything. I said, the first thing I tell them to do, go and write down a hundred things that you're good at. And they're like, that's a lot. I'm like, no, it's not. Go and ask family, friends, former employers, whatever. What is it that I'm good at? And you will find those threads that you do it so naturally. You do it so easily that you don't even think other people want to do it or other people want to learn about it. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that too. I'm a natural connector. I'm a natural, like I said, I could do this in my sleep. So for me to even become a coach and mentor doing that, I I never even thought about it because I'm like, it's just what I do. Literally, people pay me thousands to do that, right? There's, I want you to think about all your, you all are on social media, you're on the internet, you buy things from other people every single day. You go into the store, you go online and you purchase things from people. You are purchasing that person's experience and expertise. That's it. And so each and every one of us has that. It's just how you package it. And if you want to package it, you want to put it in a way, come to me. I can help you, you know, figure out how you can make that marketable and sellable to someone. Okay? Absolutely. Everybody has it. I, and, and I think as far as insignificant thoughts go, like, and that's got to be number one. Like, folks are like, and I had this approach when I, you know, I had this mindset when I approached you and it was like, man, like, I'd love to write a book, but like, how would you even begin? Like, who would want to read it? And we touched on this at the top of the, epi- yeah. of the episode, but like, it's such a big, you know, undertaking to go through yeah. that process. But I think you framed that just perfect. Yeah. That was awesome. For the coaching side of things. Yeah. So what is available? What does that look like? I mean, your energy is infectious. Yes. And and I know (laughs) folks are going to want to reach out to you. So what do you got going on now? So the past, I want to say I had my second baby 2019, December 2019. And then the pandemic rolled around 2020, (laughs) March of 2020. And we've, this is our 10th year in business for our food truck and everything. And I said, you know what? I'm going to focus. We got a new baby at home. Let me focus on helping us build this out and build out the restaurant. So I've been focused on that and building. I still have been doing, I call it secret on the cover. Some people still sneak through my website. Some people still book sessions. They sneak through. I'm like, I thought I turned this off. (laughs) Like, what is happening? But I love it because it's my first love. Literally, my first love is serving and helping other people really live a life where they have understanding of self, but also they're able to be profitable in all areas of their life. And so when I say profitable, I'm not just talking about money, but like what gains are you getting in your relationships? What gains are you getting in your business? What gains are you getting in in loving yourself, right? So I am fully open. (laughs) (laughs) I am now booking clients for August through the end of the year. I recently signed an amazing contract and I can speak about it now because, you know, the deal is deal. But with the Macaulay House, working with women who domestic violence situations and are looking to go to the next level in their life. And when I tell you this, my heart and soul is singing because just imagine what the next six months to a year is going to be for them, getting someone to work one-on-one with them, having the same sessions that I do with my clients, which starts with mindset, which starts with, okay, what does your next five years look like? Which oftentimes many people don't even think about that. We're living for the next second because we've been in survival mode, which it, it doesn't is it, not even just women who have experienced, you know, abusive relationships. In general, we are thinking about what's next right here, not five years, but we know anything. We have to plan ahead, right? And be in preparation mode. And that's my word for the year, by the way, is preparation. And preparation is so awesome. Before I looked at it like a bad thing, like I know I'm the number one person to be like, jump out there and do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to activate it. That's my number one Clifton strengths is activate. activate. Let's go now. Don't think. Let's go. <laughs> but it's been really awesome for me to be in preparation mode and working with others to be in preparation mode. Because here's the thing. When you are prepared, opportunities come. You can hop on it and take it. 
when you're building this business and you have your stuff in the row ready to go, when that person is ready to purchase from you, you got it. Because the worst thing that can happen for you is that the opportunity comes around and guess what? Not ready. You're not ready. And so what I help people do is to really get ready for those opportunities so that when they come, you can slay them, okay? You can slay, take advantage, and live to your full potential. And it starts with the inner work. Don't come to me if you don't want to do that inner work because personal development is key to anything. You heard us talk about this mm. in the beginning. Who you are, how you show up is key to what you're going to do in your business, in your whatever it is. And my gift, I said, is, and others say it too, is that I help to uncover what's already there. So the I'm polisher. Not, the polisher. I'm not telling you to do something that's not already in your core. Well, we're going to put those links in the show notes of yes. how to book a session, yes. coaching, etc. And to wrap things up, we got to hit on the restaurant and the yes. food truck and shout out to Russ. Yes. Chef, Chef Russ. Chef just crushing it. So yes. incredible. Food truck. Started as a food truck. Just yes. opened a bricks and mortar location. Yeah. So we started 10 years. Listen, folks, talk about insignificant thoughts, right? Talk about how you have to just push through those things. So we had just newly moved back to Rhode Island, maybe and back for me, first time for Russell. I want to say about three, less than two, three years. We did some catering here and there because that's, you know, Russell's first love. And I love entertaining. I love connecting with people. So we really gel o- over that. Match. Yes, yeah. perfect yeah. match. We yeah. really gel over that. And so Russ had a dream. Like, seriously, woke up in the middle of the night. It was like, salad man and juice bar, salad man and juice bar. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? And at that time, we were really deep into personal development. And like, literally three o'clock in the morning, we're waking up. The both of us looking at each other, almost having like similar dreams. Like we're very in tune with each other and waking up. And that's the thing. When you are going through your personal development journey, things will start to shock you. You'll be more open to and clear to hear the things because we're always asking, right? Like, what should I do next? What should I? But we're not in the mode to even hear or receive. Mm. But we were fully in the mode to hear or receive at this time. He, he gets this dream. I'm like, write it down, write it down. Not even two weeks later, I get an email from, I don't know how I got on this list. To be very honest, but from Johnson and Will saying that they had a business planning class. And we're like, oh my God, let's go to the class. But then I'm like, oh my, I was still at work at the time. I'm like, Rush, you have to go. He's like, I literally just got off of work. I'm like, Rush, you better go to this class. We don't have a- I'm like, this is a sign. This is a sign because why did I get this right now? I don't know how I got on this list. He goes to the business planning class. Literally, it's like the best thing ever because they help you with the whole process of how to write a business plan so you can be able to get funding, all of that. He meets this guy in the class who connects us to another woman and we're able to get then get connected with Rhode Island Commerce and that's how we got our first loan to open up the truck less than six months later we have the truck less than six months later we go to an auction get an old Nissan bread truck at the time they had just shut down their factories so they had all these trucks Got the truck. The truck, I think, was maybe $6,000. $6,000. Renovated the whole truck and started on our way as a oh salamander juice bar. We learned a lot. Talk about writing a book and course. We are in the process and the works of that because our story is almost unbelievable. Like it, it One of is, our business yeah. mentors, they're like, it's wait, a, what? what? Yeah. Year three, we ended up partnering with a billion dollar company, Ocean Spray. Ocean Spray, that's right. And we were the Ocean Spray food truck, which was beautiful at the time because we decided to rebrand because you will learn one thing in business that branding really does matter our brand said come and eat all this salad and juice and healthy stuff which is good for you and we wanted to promote that to people but people wasn't trying to hear that they were not trying to hear that even though our food was delicious and amazing and when they tasted it they were like oh my god they didn't want to hear that's what they were getting so we were like we know we needed to rebrand and when we did that ocean spray um we had an opportunity to partner with them they paid us and paid us some good money that allowed us to rebrand and, you know, do the things we needed to do. And once we rebranded to Incredible, that really just, like, skyrocketed everything. And it was beautiful. Then the pandemic came around. Mm. 2020, we had over 300-something events get canceled. We got two trucks now. We can run. We can go. So we had 320 events booked and lunch services gone in, like, a day. Boop, stroke of a pen because of the pandemic gone. And so that was very, like, we have yeah. a new baby. We don't even know what's happening. We don't have a restaurant. A lot of restaurants who had space and were already online, they did very well because people were like, 
they wanted food. They're tired of eating the same thing. They're cooking and everything. Did you but take out or whatever? We tried take out yeah. on the truck and it was very weird because when our truck is parked at our house. And so people were like, am I going to somebody's house to eat? Who's trying to sell me food out there? It Got was it. very weird. And so yeah. it didn't work out. So we're yeah. like, we know we needed to buy a building. And talk about insignificant thoughts. Oh my goodness. The fear. Because we were going places. They're charging like $5,000 for a white box place. We want to get a place, but we didn't really have business credit. We would be using personal credit. And all the things beating down on us. We tried multiple ways. And it didn't work. And we were just spinning our wheels, spinning our wheels. But one thing, the mindset, back to mindset, we would say every day, everything always works out in our favor. So if this didn't work, there's a reason why it didn't work, because something better. Like the first building that we had on the contract, let me let you know, I'm about to tell my business here. The first building we had on the contract, we were so close to getting funding. And they said to us, oh, you have um, student loans that are in default. And I was like, I didn't even know my school's closed. My college no longer exists. Like what's happening? They didn't give us the funding, so we lost the first building. And I was so, I felt so guilty. Uh, yeah. I was so devastated. And I was like, Russ, I'm so sorry. I'm like, babe, this is his dream. He yeah. wants to. And I was so hurt. Uh, and you know what he said to me? He said, if it was for us, it was going to be for us. We'll figure out another way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Shout but I was so Russ. hurt. Yeah. Not even nine months later, we get a better building, better terms and conditions. Parking, standalone. What I tell you, just everything for our favor. So for the person out there who is going through it, you're beating up yourself. The insignificant thoughts are taking over. I want you to understand. If it's not working, it's for a reason. There's something better coming. Yes. Something better is coming. And in the moment, it's a hard thing to swallow or even think about. But I promise you, put it in your mind that all things always work out for the best for me. All things are working out for the best for me. It's the truest thing. And when you believe it, that's what you're going to attract into your, into your sphere of life. So really believe it. Because it happened for us. And if you come to 1075 South Broadway in East Providence, Rhode Island, you you will come and get some of the best food you ever had in your life. We're a multicultural restaurant where we celebrate culture through food. We also have a program called the Incredible Fresh Start Program where we help people who are deemed hard to employ get employment, personal development, professional development, and just grow with us. Our goal is for them to become the first franchisees the business. But this is where we are now. And, you know, things are going great. We're in month seven now. Yeah. Congratulations. I was there at the ribbon cutting and yes, the grand opening. And yes. it's, the food is incredible. And that's it not really even, is. Like, Russ is a very talented chef. Like, y'all yeah. got to come and try for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Stelling, you are the best. Well, I could go for another hour. I, know I, I gotta, It's incredible. I have a whole other list of notes here, but there's going to there's gonna have to be a part two. Part so, two. I'm down for it. Let's make it happen. You're the best. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, Nick. I just want to say, I know I always bust your chops, but I'm really so proud of you for doing this and doing it your way, right? Doing it your way, having awesome guests and connecting yep. with people. You are doing it, and you're an awesome man and person and husband and daddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you so much. I You're hope, it, and again, it's it's to add value to folks out there, right? These guests that we bring on, it's some people that I've connected with personally that have helped me and, you know, it would just mean the world for me if I could do right by somebody listening and can yes. make that connection. So again. And feel free to yeah. reach out to me on all the platforms. I'm a real person. You can connect with me. You have a question. Let's go. Let's make it happen. All right. You rock. Thanks, Tom. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon.